Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be. I want to give a big shout out to my local, national, and international listeners. And I want to thank you for tuning in, downloading to my show each week. You know, Transformation for Success is about change and transformation. And every week, I bring you the best of industry experts, entrepreneurs, authors, coaches, business leaders, financial experts, and even those in technology and in the entertainment world. So I want you to let me know if you enjoy the show each week because you can write me or Skype me, but you can write at info at transformationforsuccess.com or Skype me at Dr. Period Barbara Young with your comments, suggestions, and feedback, because I love hearing from you. Keep those comments and keep those emails coming. Well, today, I want to give just a brief little shout-out to have all of you who may be in the Los Angeles area to join Union Rescue Mission this Saturday, May the 11th, because they're having their second annual 5K walk to fight homelessness. It's going to be at 8.30 a.m., and the 5K walk will start and end at LA Live's Xbox Plaza. This event is free to everyone who will pre-register. Now, you must pre-register at urmwalk.org. You can create a team or you can join as a single person to help raise funds. I want you to help Union Rescue Mission continue to be the only mission that never turns away a family or a single woman. So this is an amazing 5K walk. You're going to have super fun. There's an after party. So go to urmwalk.org to sign up now. Now, I am so excited today. I have as my guest on the show and in the studio a singer, songwriter, and music producer, Mr. James Kevin O'Connor. So join me in welcoming my guest, Mr. James O'Connor. Greetings, James. Hey, Dr. Young. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Listen, we've been talking for months. It seems like, you know, the last time I talked to you was a couple of months ago. Oh, and of course, we had an awesome conversation in which we're going to have today. But let me just share a little bit with my listeners about your background. So, Mr. O'Connor is a podcaster, radio and television personality, and music producer. He's the founder, chairman, CEO of the James O'Connor Agency based in Nashville, Tennessee. And this company represents global talent, including singers, songwriters, actors, models, bands, authors, and even keynote speakers. Now, James has written and produced and performed many of his own solo albums through the years. And he has a show called Dharmic, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Dharmic Evolution, and he's going to share what that's about. So those of you who are live, 
If you want, you can call in the show, or if you're able later, you can email me at info, again, at transformationforsuccess.com. So, James, I want to welcome you again because you you are an amazing man. You've been in the entertainment industry for a number of years as an artist, and you're now sharing a lot of your experiences with others around the world. And you become what I call, and maybe you call yourself, the master storyteller through music. So, James, you got to tell me about your journey. What happened? What, who is James, and what has happened to James? How did he become the singer, songwriter, storyteller? Yeah. Well, it, it, well, I'll see if I can uh, come compartmentalize it into uh, sections so we don't go too off the rails. But, no, uh, we won't. But we yeah, won't. I've, had a, I've had a really interesting and, um, and really full life thus far. And the mm-hmm. podcasting, I guess, is the thing that became, um, um, I don't want to say that's the centerpiece. I guess the agency is the centerpiece of everything. Mm-hmm. But the podcasting has led me to um, so many great relationships and um, opportunities and connections around the world, uh, mm-hmm. getting to know different artists. Um, and the way this happened was I, you know, kind of developed this uh, musical family in Nashville around 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. I started going there to record my music. And um, I got connected with a uh, really good producer there. And she liked my music a lot and felt like she had the handle on, you know, what to do with me as far as supportive musicians. So mm-hmm. we ended up doing uh, three songs and they were so fabulous. I said, you know, I can't stop there. I have to do a full album. So came right back and we ended up doing a full length album. And um, it was just, it was fabulous, you know, making these connections and, and working with these people um, opened a lot of um, ideas for me as to how to pursue my now um, different and flourishing career. And I immediately started writing the next album. So I got about, I don't know, 70% through the next album. And right about then I said, you know, this does not feel right at this point. It feels too self-serving in this particular time and space. So I started the podcast because I had that on my list for, for 2015 in that month to start it. So I felt like I would wanted to serve other artists and tell their stories and feature their music. So I started the Dharmic Evolution, the name being um, as Dharmic Evolution that the... Um, the portrait or the artwork has this beautiful tree with all these colors around it. And the idea behind that is that, you know, we all start in the ground as a seed. You can't even see anything. And then year by year, you know, we start to blossom every year. Something different happens. We grow taller, we get stronger. Um, you know, we have our mishaps and then we recover, but we continue to develop. We continue to get more and more beautiful inside and outside, hopefully, and uh, that's the idea of dharmic evolution. Everyone should try to aspire to become the best that they can be. So part of my mission was to, um, to you know, seek out um, other artists and give them a platform. And hence, dharmic evolution is just another little stepping stone for them to um, hopefully find more audience, get more support, and be appreciated more. Uh-huh. So, that's is- where, so that's where the podcast kind of... Um, 
you know, and, and in addition to that, you know, I feature a lot of my own music on there as far as it's an all original music show in, in that all of the content is completely original. There's no canned music. There's no purchase music. There's no royalty free music. It's all completely original, um, either written by myself um, and or the artists who are represented on the show. Interesting. And, um, as- Interesting. Interesting. James, where where did you grow up, and how did you find out you had this this musical ability? Oh, I still don't know that I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Modest man. <laughs> you know, yes. it's 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 kind of funny because I've been I was in a you know most of my adult career, you know career was spent as a contractor, and but I was always a singer songwriter from the time I was about twenty one years old, and I always kind of had this thing where I was really, really good at doing voices. You know, I could do Billy Joel. I could do Springsteen. I could do pretty much anybody's voice. I could sing blues. And so a lot of people were saying, man, you got, you got to go do weddings. You could make three, four or $500 a night doing weddings. And, and I never wanted to do that because I always had this idea that I wanted to protect my artistry and be, you know, be a, mm-hmm. be a real original and write my own songs and develop my own sound. So through the years, I kept I kept my uh, writing going. I always recorded projects and albums, and and back in the day when when there was vinyl, I had vinyl out, and but I never really stretched it out to be um, to make it bigger than it could be. And so, I guess around the year I don't know it was around around I don't know about about ten twelve years ago, I started to say you know what I think I'm ready for something different, and I think I'm going to go out and and reach, you know, more of the world. So by the time we got to 2014, I had like, you know, an arsenal of material, but I also had an idea of where I wanted to go um, artistically with my music and how to present it. And I felt like I needed, you know, I needed that leg up of, I wanted to present it in such a way that people put it on and said, Hey, there's no doubt about this. This this guy's a professional. He's you know he's head and shoulders above most of the things that I'm listening to right now, as far as as far as being taken seriously. And I wanted to have that approach. So my my goal structure for 2014 was okay. In the next three years, four years, I'm going to have two full-length albums recorded on Music Row. I'm going to have a podcast that's in not just the States, but, you know, kind of around the world. We're in 71 countries now. And um, and that I want to be able to take that on the road, do my music around the world, and also be able to meet as many other, you know, artists on the road and tell their stories from doing it on the road. So this is four years later, and now I've got not two, but three full-length albums from Music Row, and I've got the podcast is very established now, and we've got 215 shows under our belt, and, um, and you know, we're in places like London, of course, in Europe, and South Africa, and Japan, mm-hmm. and it's, it's mostly all organic growth of, you know, just finding artists, like, everywhere that I can, and telling their stories, so... You know, it's kind of like when you sit down and put paper to pen and journal and say, I want to design my life in a certain way. Um, These things do happen. Um, And sometimes we forget. So you pull out the journals from a couple of years ago and you go, wow, look at that. You know, all those things I wrote, like, you know, 
60, 70, 80 percent of this has come true. Has come true. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, did you know, Go ahead. No, I just encourage people to, if they haven't done that, a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't, you know, get into journaling or putting their their wishes and their goals on paper. And I I can't, you know, I can't um, counsel people enough to do that because it is so powerful. Um, Something about committing paper and pen together, something happens in the subconscious that makes these things happen. Tell so me. who's ever thought about it, wants to do it, and hasn't done it, go ahead and do it. You got my permission. <laughs> they got to do it. They got to do it. Yeah. I know it works. I know it works uh, because I've done it yeah. myself a few times. But one of the things I wanted to, to uh, find out, this is Tuesday, May 7th. So, James, did you realize at an early age that you were musically inclined or you had an ear for music? Did, were you, did you know this early on? Because I believe no, I didn't really. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't really start playing um, seriously. Like I tinkered around with the guitar um, in my early teens, you know, and uh, and I always threw in the towel on it because I, I was not supported at home by at all. My parents thought it was a complete waste of time. They didn't understand it. Although I got to say, my mother bought me my first electric guitar for Christmas. But it was kind of like they didn't they weren't really music people and they just think they thought ah, it's a little fun thing. They, they didn't realize that I had this innate ability to write um, music and songs with with com- no education whatsoever. It just always came like so easy to me. And um, and that's you know, I say that with, um, um, you know, a little bit of tongue in cheek because any serious songwriter knows it's not easy to write songs. But what I'm saying is I wasn't sat down and instructed in music formally. I wasn't taught how to do it. Um, I had a lot of false starts, kept trying. But, you know, when I hit 20 or 21, I went to see this garage band, these, these guys that I knew. And they were setting up and playing. And they were horrible. But to me, it was like, wow, this is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no doubt in my mind. It was like, you know, get me that electric guitar in hand. And, and then I just got relentless. I was I was playing literally 10 hours a day, seven days a week and working full time. So that gives you an idea of like the, the second I got home while I'm having dinner, the guitar is in my lap. And, you know, I'm like falling <laughs> asleep before I even get to bed at night and I'm still playing. And I was just so... Um, consumed with it and I got immediately consumed with writing songs and you know it just it just became such a passion of mine so I played out like all the time but then you know fast forward a few years um, I started a business and a a successful business and I started a family and that kind of and I kept the original thing going the original band thing going for quite a while until it got the business got to be you know more successful than I think I really wanted so it needed my attention so I actually stopped playing for like 10 years and then I 10 years later my kids were older and I said you know it's time to do this like really pick it up again and it was just like you know I hear this all the time and you've heard this um, Dr. Barber also about Musicians seem to take sabbaticals and then they go away and you hear about some artist who's famous and 
he or she does not do an album for years and years and years. And you, and you don't know why, because everyone's story is different. But the theme that I've uncovered just through no research, just you see it come up over and over again. Everyone always comes back to music. It's like you can't get away from it. <laughs> and, you know, we've seen it with, um, you know, Cat Stevens went to, um, he was very successful in Europe and America. Then he went to the Middle East and, you know, people had said, you know, people saw him panhandling in the streets. And I don't know if that was completely true, but he took a very um, uh, a humble and a humility-filled turn in his life and just decided, no, I'm not doing this. And now the guy's back. What was it, 20, 25 years later? Mm-hmm. And he's making great music again. Elton John swore he would never tour again. What, two or three times? <laughs> I guess everybody <laughs> gets home and goes, all right, I'm staring at the wall now for a week. Now, now what the now hell what? am I going to do? <laughs> It happens. So they, happens. Come, they come running back, screaming, give it back to me. I need it. And I think, you know, we all have a little, little bit of that going on. And that is so true. But, you know, this is an amazing story. But one of the things I want to go back to um, that you, you stated, you didn't really come from a musical family. They really weren't that interested. Uh, but, but I find it interesting that your mother gave you an electric guitar. So it seems like something might have been going on, James, even though you didn't realize it, because that is not normally a gift a mom would give a son who they really don't think is musically inclined. But let's talk about that when we come back from break. That was just a thought-provoking moment for me <laughs> to share with you. But And we're going to take a quick break. And listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back because James has got a lot more to share with us. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-888. 346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello and welcome back to my interview today with my guest, Mr. James O. Connor. James represents a lot of global talent, including singers, songwriters, actors, models, bands, office and keynote keynote speakers. He has a company called the James O'Connor Company. So listen, James, I am so excited to have you on the show. And we were as we went on break, we were talking about a young man receiving a guitar from his mom, who really thought he had no musical talent. <laughs> So let's conclude and share about your mom. And I'm really sorry to, to learn of her passing six weeks ago, James. Yeah, thank you. And, and it's, it's really interesting you bring that, that up because uh, I immediately, um, when you started asking about it, you know, I never kind of looked at it from the perspective that you just uncovered, which was my parents were so unmusical and they just didn't really... They, I don't think they just like had no experience with music and, and it wasn't like, you know, I'm sure they liked the big bands or when they went out to dances as kids and things, but it was just not something that was happening in our house at all. And it was, you know, nine of us in a, in a three bedroom house with one bathroom, uh, in the really, really lean years, you know, growing up. And so, Anyway, let me just get to the guitar thing. So she gave it to me because she knew, I guess, that uh, some of the kids in the neighborhood were playing. And I kind of had that look in my eye that, yeah, this is something I really like. However, my father was the type who would come in and I'd be playing the guitar in the basement. And he'd say, he'd say turn that thing down. I said, Dad, it's not plugged in. Well, don't play it so high. He just had this <laughs> dislike of is something about it just bothered him the whole thing, you know, the uh-huh. noise and whatever. So I don't, I don't know the full story, but somehow she was trying to. She probably saw something intuitively in me that uh-huh. said, "I got to get this kid the guitar and see what happens with it." So. Um, as tumultuous as my relationship was uh, as, a, as a kid growing up with my father, especially, um, I had to fight for to be heard. And mm-hmm. so it was not a pleasant thing where I have these people on my show, Dr. B, that um, I am so impressed with. And their parents are so supportive of them. And I always say to them, Please thank your mother when you hang up, you know, when we finish our, our interview. Thank them for doing such a good job with you. And these kids, they're so, um, they're so supported, and they know uh-huh. it, and they feel good about it, and they're, and they're flying. They have wind under their wings. And uh-huh. I say, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I, did, I had a different experience. So I had to be tougher. I had to work harder. I had to, I had to battle against odds, you know, that shouldn't have been there. It's like, you know, when I got older, I said to myself, don't they, don't they understand that they, they have somewhat of a gifted child here who is just trying to just create songs and write music? And, and the answer was no, they didn't understand it. So you have to have empathy and say, mm-hmm. all right, it's just not your thing. So, but you, but you go on, you, you carry on and you take what God's gifts uh, he gave you and you continue to sharpen your tools. 
and you find other people. You find other um, musicians. Iron sharpens iron. So that's what Mm -hmm. you look for. You know, James, in retrospect, as you were sharing that, you know, the thought occurred to me, yes, it wasn't easy for you, but you pursued in spite of. And quite possibly, had things been easier, you might not have pursued. So sometimes the design that that we that happens to us, the purpose and the plan, we don't quite understand. But through it all, you came out much stronger, maybe than someone who had the cheerleading parents. You may have lost interest, who knows? But I do know that you've been very successful and it's so great to realize that you can share your gift uh, with so many others today. So anyway, you are a great man and I <laughs> and I see a lot of things that you have done to become this master storyteller. So I just wanted to share that with you. That in well, spite of, you. you were relentless <laughs> and a man consumed. <laughs> uh, and that might not have happened had it been just the opposite. That's the way I, maybe I'm on the flip side of life and I look at it from a whole different perspective. <laughs> no, that's true. I think, I think that's very true. I think, um, I think it does make you like assess what you have, and you know if you've got a fire in your belly, you you, you don't want you don't, you can't put it out. Mm-hmm. You don't even want to put it out. You want to just feed it as much oxygen as you can. And I guess with the podcast, that kind of made me um, stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to take this thing that I have and. I want to touch every single person that I can with this as far as looking at other artists who are trying their hardest to uh, get their, their voices, their collective voices out there. And um, every every affiliation, every interview, every meeting, I always come away a richer man by spending time with each artist because they become friends. Most of them become friends. And it's just, you know, you spend an hour with somebody and a friendship develops. And there's nothing more valuable than that, especially sharing the gift of music. You know, mm-hmm. we're all musicians on this on this path together. We don't necessarily always know where we're going, where we're going but we know we're on our way. <laughs> I kind of dig that. That's true. Now, among your, yeah. your own children, do you find that any of them have the musical talent that, that you have? Yeah, I have two sons. They they both play um, guitar. My my older one plays recreationally when he has time. He's really into business right now. Okay. Um, my younger one, uh, Trevor, is uh, the older one's Kyle. Trevor is um, a completely committed musician. He packed up all his things in New Jersey two years ago. He moved to Austin. The day he moved in, he had a gig. The next day, he was on stage playing. He's probably got it. He's probably got five. CDs out by now to his credit. He's an engineer. He plays guitar. He plays bass. He plays drums. He plays piano. Wow. He fronts wow. two completely original bands, writes all the music, does all the lead vocals, and is a hell of a lead guitar player. So he's completely immersed in music. And he also teaches um, young kids uh, about music production, about songwriting, <laughs> about video production. Uh, production, um, individual guitar lessons. So he's he's adopted um, a thousand percent. You know the musician, mm-hmm. the musical spirit, and he's having the time of his life doing so. So obviously, there is that musical strain in the DNA in your family that came from somewhere. 
Yeah, you and know, it's, it's so funny because no one had it, Dr. B. Like, nobody in my family played out of all the, you know, there's, um, there was like, my mother was one of four, and each one had either six or seven kids. So there's 25 grandchildren. I was the only one, to my knowledge, that ever played. But now, the next generation, they're all starting to pop up. You know, uh-huh. so I like that. I mean, more and more of, you know, the kids now are playing, you know, and picking up instruments and singing or whatever. So is that interesting? So it's really, yeah, it's really great to see that. You know, I love it. That's, and now I wonderful. jam on stage with my son. It can't get uh, better than that. <laughs> well, listen, did you have any early mentors at all? I mean, um, helping you along the way? Yeah, you know, when I was 21, when I first started, I found this um, jazz fusion band that was close to me. And these guys were Berkeley graduates, and they were just incredible musicians. I mean, talk about, you know, me being like, you know, the toddler who just not even walking yet, really. And these guys were running marathons, so that was the difference. But I was really fast. I mean, as far as like people would come up to me and go, what happened to you, man? I, in three months, you're playing things I can't even imagine. But, you know, I was playing 10 hours a day. So I was taking two lessons from two different guitar players and just learning scales, learning riffs, learning my favorite rock songs, learning everything I could. But most of it was when it came to um, song creation, that was just God's gift. I just had in, you know, this intuitive sense of, of I knew how to, to make music. I just knew how to write songs. And, and as far as craft goes, you need to work on that. Nobody comes in and says, yeah, I just know craft inside. Now that's, that's like a tool you have to work on. Right. But having the, um, having the inspiration of just knowing how, where does the music come from and how is it, how is it made? You know, how does it come together? And for me, it's something I never even thought about. It just came to me. It's, it was as easy as brushing my teeth. I mean, I just, I wouldn't even think about it. I would just start writing and before you know it, you know, songs would come out and then, but you get, you hopefully get better and you work on your craft, you work on your, your skills as a guitarist, as a vocalist, whatever, you know, your instrument is. Some people it's voice, some it's an instrument, but you have to work on all of these things simultaneously um, to be really good. And that never stops. You never stop learning. You never stop, stop working hard at your craft and at your gifts. Mm-hmm. So it's something the, I really what, deeply appreciate. It, it is just amazing. Um, what I'm finding um, based on what you're saying too, James, is that you can work on the skills and craft. But the innovation or that has to come from someone else. It comes from God. It comes from within. That's why I'm saying, but you, but the skills and craft you have to work on. But the innovation, the creation comes from above. That's, that's what you're saying. That's my take on it. Yes. Yes, it does. It, you know, and then. You know, when you have that going on, you can't be afraid to step out of, don't be too comfortable, you know, try to, and it took me a long time to do that, to um, try not to be too safe and too conservative. And, you know, you have to really um, do things that, like there's certain rules they teach about songwriting, don't do this and don't do that. Well, I break every rule that they write about songwriting because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to, I like breaking rules, you know, never open with a chorus. So I, I, I do that often, you know, and it's like, we'll, we'll write it, write half a chorus. 
well, structure it in a way that doesn't sound quite like the other choruses. I mean, there's so many things. That's the beauty of songwriting. It's like there are no rules. I, when my kids were young, they, I, was a, you know, I was helping out with the Cub Scouts. And so each father had to come in and say, you know, talk about what he did, like his, his job. And that was his thing to bring in for that week. So I brought all of my instruments to um, the church basement. I set up the DX7 keyboard, my guitar, the drum machine. And they're like, well, what, what's going on today? I said, we're going to write a song together. Me and all you guys, they go, how do you, daddy, do that? How do you write a song? I said, well, the first rule of songwriting is there are no rules. <laughs> so, and and I firmly, firmly believe that you shouldn't be a rule book of, you know, too many do's and don'ts. You should just go into every song because I've written songs with just humming into the iPhone. I've written it on drum machines or on a bass guitar or on a piano or on a guitar or with nothing. So there's no, um, you know, you're only limited by your imagination and your God-given gifts. So I say use everything, you know, and do everything upside down and backwards, whatever it takes to get a song. I do a lot of alternate tuning on the guitar. I tune it every which way, um, but, but normal to get different sounds and use that. And, you know, whatever the original motivation is, these things can help you in your toolbox to say, yeah, I can go to this, I can go to that, I can go to a whole different bunch of different things if I'm not feeling inspired. And that will bring you your inspiration. That's great. I bet those kids had a great time that day when they, they <laughs> invented this song. They wrote a song. They, they did. You know, at the time, rap was like really hot. And they, they ended up doing this presentation where they did this dance and it turned into like a rap song. So oh. it was my first, uh, my first foray into uh, writing a rap song with the Cub Scouts. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was something fun. I bet your, your sons yeah. enjoyed that, having dad on stage like that. That's great. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't on stage. They were, but, but I, was, I was in the background on that one. It was cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. So, listen, uh, let me transition a moment. How did you become an expert in brand strategy? You go from music and then you go into brand strategy. How did you become an expert in that? Oh, I don't think I'm an expert. I'm a, I'm a work in pro- progress learning. Um, and one of the things you brought up earlier is, um, you know, I use this handle like um, as part of my logo. Mm-hmm. It's James Kevin O'Connor, the master storyteller. And master storyteller was something like, um, you know, I come from an electrical background. I was an electrical contractor for many, many years. And I came through the ranks with wearing the tools and then, you know, working by myself then running men then running large crews of men. And I learned a lot of things. And, and if you're an electrician and you've gone through your, your trade and you went to school and everything, you become a master electrician. So I said to myself, okay, well, nobody's going to give me this title, but if I call myself the master storyteller, then I'm going to have to work really hard to be good enough to earn that title. So it's like, <laughs> it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, hopefully. But as far as the brand, I've developed this logo that I put under, you know, my photos and everything, and it has the logo, and the logo is kind of, um, you know, that with my name and the master storyteller, and there's a compass in there that's on one of my albums, and it's, the album is called Geography of the Soul. And that's another thing that I, I encourage people to tune into, that you have this geography of your soul that you need to investigate to help you find out what is your life's compass? Like, which way are you, 
which way, which, which direction are you facing? Is that the, re- the, the right direction for you? Is that the direction you want to go? And it's something that you should, I feel every individual should constantly ask the question and uh-huh. keep asking the question. And like Tony Robbins used to say, if you're not getting results, ask better questions. And it's just <laughs> a thing that I think people should do to say, you know, how am I going to get to this um, to evolve to be who I want to be if I'm not focusing on where is that? So it's just a little bit of a word of encouragement. So I guess the branding came from making tons and tons of mistakes and figuring out, you know, mm-hmm. the name and who I am and, and, you know, what am I supposed to be and what is my calling in life? And my calling in life is to love, entertain, inspire, or love, inspire, entertain, I should put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what my calling is. And everything I do is music related. Everything is through music, whether it's the agency, whether it's the podcast or writing songs or interviewing people. Um, that's, that's my calling. So I weave it into everything. All my storytelling is revolves around songs and around stories are with music. So everything I put out as far as uh, content usually has some kind of musical uh, format to it. And I feel like that's my gift. You know, it's interesting, James, too, um, when you talk about people asking questions about and wondering who they are and where am I going. These questions are still remaining today with many people. What's my purpose? Uh, What's my passion? Uh, What's next for me? How did you um, come to the point where you knew this was your calling, or you knew you had a calling. Was there a an epiphany, uh, a defining moment? And I'm saying that to help somebody out there who's saying, well, what is my calling? How did you know what was your calling? Yeah, I think the, uh, the pivotal moment for me was um, when I decided, you know, I was going to just be a recluse artist. And just say, you know what, I'll, I'll always write. And I, and I love it. And I, I kind of just said at one point, um, I, I need the world to listen to these songs. And, uh, and it, it started as, wouldn't this be a grand experiment just to see what people think of these? But then it Can became, we take, I was writing. James, I'm sorry, I got to yeah. cut off for just a quick minute, but I want to take a quick break with, and we'll be right back because I want to, this is so important, you've got to share. We'll be right back. So listeners, stay tuned. We'll be back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, that it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hello there, and welcome back to my interview today with singer, songwriter, and music producer, James Kevin O'Connor. Before we went on break, we were talking about how does one know your calling? And James, this is a question that many people ask me, and I'm sure they ask you the same thing. So how do you know it's a calling? How did you okay, know? The, the <laughs> pivotal moment. Okay, so... So what it came down to for me is when I had my, um, my life change, I went to see this coach who was uh, kind of a friend of the family. And we sat down and we talked, and this guy was so good. He, we ended up doing um, probably half a dozen coaching sessions. But at the, at the outset, one of his strategies was just to sit there and listen. And, um, you know, the way he put it, he said the answers are all inside. And he was so right. His name is uh, William Accardino. And uh, way, the way Bill put it was, he said, let me just recap the last 15 minutes of our conversation. And he said, when you talk about music, you light up like a Christmas tree. And it's like everybody's kind of wired like that. If you spend enough time looking for it, you will either figure out your passion, find your passion, or your passion is already inside of you. You're just not recognizing that that's the thing that you're supposed to do. Um, another thought leader, very successful, um, um, newsletter writer, very successful. He said best, he said, you know what, just figure out what you would do for free because you love it so much and then figure out how to make money with it. <laughs> and that's an oversimplification, right? Easy, easier said than done. Yet yeah. it's so yeah. important to do what you're called to do and for me, like, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing with the agency where I'm helping people out, writing branded songs, helping author speakers and thought leaders, putting um, other musicians on my podcast. Meanwhile, I'm still doing my music because they fuel one another. And I don't think anybody is very one-dimensional. We're all, you know, doing different things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you do a bunch of different things, Dr. B, um, with all of your successful, you've had a lot of careers. And so mm-hmm. I think God created us to have a lot of buckets, you know. And so mm-hmm. as you go on in time, you try to strategize and synthesize a way to use all of these tools to put them out there on the table and say, okay, I got a hammer for this person. I got a screwdriver for this person. I got a socket wrench for this guy who's struggling. You know, there's always a tool you can pull out and say, I can help this person with this experience. And so I think it's incumbent upon us as broadcasters, podcasters, um, whatever you do, Um, to help these people who are struggling find their pivotal moment. And the pivotal moments are happening. Sometimes you need to just pay more attention. You know, you got that tap on the shoulder today. Something happened to you. There was some epiphany. Maybe it was last week or last month. But if you're more aware and in tune to just being self-observant, you'll start to pick up little ticks. You know, the angels are dropping Uh little hints. There's little breadcrumbs around you. You've got to start (laughs) looking for them. 
And I think if you put the focus on that and continue to ask yourself, where do I really belong? When am I most happy? When am I most inspired? What really gets me jazzed up? If you start to ask these questions, you'll get some answers. And then you can start to build one step after another, you know, one layer after another. And before you know it, you'll be on that path that you've been seeking that's been so elusive for you. Thank you for sharing that, James. And one thing <clears throat> that you did mention that I'm, I'm particularly going to point out, because you went to see a coach, and I admire you for that, because there are so many men, and I'm talking to you men out there, that they're, you're going through some things, and oftentimes will not seek a coach or someone to just talk to uh, and get those answers, because yes, the answers are within you. Uh, always, I've always advocated that. But it's just really, you know, for me, James, for, to have you say that, because there are so many men, and maybe they, they need help, but they don't want to maybe go to a coach or talk to someone about some of the things that that's happening to them. So thank you for sharing that. You actually had about six coaching sessions, and that's great because most people won't even want to share that. But anyway, as we move on, I have another quick question for you. You have worked with so many A-list artists and celebrities. What have you found that was the most intriguing about many of them? Um. Okay, can I just just touch on the coaching and then I'll answer that oh, one? Oh, you quick. surely can. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the coaching, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Dr. B, because um, the coaching is so important. I've been getting coached for years, and I'm talking about probably 10, 15 years. And, okay. you know, I, and I, I just, I can't say enough about it because um, every professional football player, like I'm playing big, is, has a coach. Every thought leader who is, you know, of some significance has a coach and so if you think for some reason that you don't need a coach and that's how I used to think I used to turn my nose up at it tonight I mean a coach can do so much for you it's it's unbelievable the amount so anybody out there thinking about it um, and think you're you're ready for it you're ready for it so please you know get yourself a coach you can start with the most fundamental but it will do a world of good for you um, getting coached. Um, now for uh, finding artists of uh, significance, and could could you restate how you wanted me to answer that, Doctor? Well, you've met so many A-list artists. Uh, you've worked with so many A-list artists and celebrities. And what have you found that's been the most intriguing about many of them? Uh, the most intriguing is the humility. Um, okay. The more. Um, notoriety they have and the more success that they have. And I'm talking about people that I've worked with in the studio, um, especially in the Nashville community, um, who, who are working with, you know, world famous, um, you know, headliners. Mm -hmm. And they're so, you know, they, they could just be a guy, you know, at a bus station, you know, you just, they don't put on any airs. Um, they don't think so much of themselves. There's no narcissistic behavior. It's just it's just like a very very calming and wonderful uh, space to be in when you're working with somebody that has that much talent. It walks around like they don't know that they have the talent. And I think 
the bigger they are, the better they are. When I when I mean by that is, wow. you know, the humility is such that they don't, you know, they don't care about that. They care about the music, and they care about doing a good project with you. And that's always been the thing that impresses me the most about the most talented people. They are usually always. Um, the most humble and the most talented, and they're just the, the greatest people to be around. Were you surprised at that? Because, you know, the norm is that the bigger they are, maybe the more egotistical, the more, you know, flamboyant. So were you surprised with that? Yeah, I, I was a bit um, at, at first. And, you know, speaking uh, exclusively um, uh, about Nashville in this circumstance, uh, most of the guys that came in and sort of they're sort of friends now, you know, just from just from knowing them. I don't mean, if we ran into each other, we'd we'd stop and probably just shake hands, have a cup of coffee or whatever, and see, yeah, hey, how's it going or whatever. But they're more like, um, you know, it's the country gentleman type thing. You know, guys from the south are, are tend to be not all of them, but just very gentlemanly. Like you don't hear you don't hear this swearing going on. You don't hear this you know, this flamboyance and the boisterous behavior. It's like, and again, the more talented they are, the more uh, just very, very cool people to, to like hang out with and create something. And, and I think the thing that I admire the most about it is we all have that one thing in the back of our mind. It's let's make this project the most, you know, let's pour our creativity into it. And I think that that common bond is, uh-huh. is the pride. It's the experience. It's not even necessarily, you know, the song in its physical format that you're working at the door with or who, whose album is on. It's more of that experience that you shared together on that particular day for those five or six hours in that studio. And that is kind of an, an indelible memory, like emblazoned wow. in your mind forever. And I wow. think that's more valuable than anything. Wow. It sounds like it. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have a strange question to ask you that it's it's just so typical you, James, that I wanted to ask you this. What have you learned about yourself as it relates to supporting other people? Um, I find that that's the more like I'll give you my a, a typical example of every podcast I do. I'm racing around making sure everything's all the technologies in mm-hmm. place, getting, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, "Ah, oh, man, this is here we go again." I, I hope this goes right, and I, of course, I always ask the Holy Spirit for help and God to, you know, bless the, the the podcast. And He does most of the time. Sometimes the Munchkins get in there. And we all have techno things going because we're dealing with technology. Mm-hmm. But my experience is this: is no matter what anxiety or whatever, if there's any um, at the beginning, every time I finish, it's, it feels like it's hard to describe. It's almost as good as I just wrote another new song because I just made another new friend. I had a successful broadcast. I'm able to have a friendship with this person and take their, their music, their story, their song, their video, and put it out on the airwaves and present it to the world with me behind it, with my agency behind it. And there's no um, greater thrill than having that and seeing more and more episodes get put out 
and saying, you know what, I'm a conduit now, or the, or the things that I've built are a conduit to the, to the world for this person. And I, and, and I so admire the talents and the abilities of this person, and I'm so glad they have the work ethic and they have this and that, because I learn something from every single artist that comes on my show. I'm always treated to that learning experience of how they do things, how they look at the world, mm-hmm. how they view music, you know, how they interpret things. And to me, that's, that's a huge gift of just receiving that and spending that time with them in intimate conversation like we're having right now. So I come away, as I said earlier, I come away a richer man every time I do this. That's great. Well, I just wanted to I just wanted to have your your take on that because you're doing so much for so many people uh, and you're even working your your agency even works with speakers, uh, which I found very interesting. So music, uh, people who are in the music industry, poetry and authors and speakers. Now, I, I know, you know, that you've you've spoken on many stages uh, nationally with some of the best and the brightest what do you share with them? What do you share with them, James? Well, well, let me just tell. Let me just say a little bit about about the agencies. And one of the things that we do we got is one really minute. Unique. Okay, <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. One minute. We got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it. Okay. All right. So I, I, you know, what I do is I write branded, write, produce. Branded songs for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. That's the specialty the agency does. And what I do is I take that thought leader and make them a partner um, in the publishing. So they get half the publishing. So it's a very unique and very cool thing uh, that I think my agency does that I don't think anybody else is doing. So I'll just just leave it at that. Okay. So you actually write branded songs for those people who uh, come to you. Well, you know, I, I just really could ha- like to have you on another show. I mean, there's so much more to talk about, really. But I'm just so happy that you're with me today because there's so many people around the globe that are seeking answers internally as well as externally. And it was so great to have you share your thoughts on the show. And really, James, how you shine in the light and with all the things you do and you're doing to make this world a better and a brighter place with your shows and your magnanimous personality. I'm just thankful that I had a chance to talk with you, and more importantly, that we have been able to share and care together. So listeners, I know many of you have benefited from hearing James O'Connor today. And to know that from whatever background, circumstance, or obstacles or traumas you have faced, You can say, this is my time. As James, it took him years before he came into his own, but no matter what, it takes time, and maybe it might be in a short period of time. But say to yourself, this is my time for more success. So let go of the past, as many of us have had to do. James, you had to do that as well, and cling to what is ahead. So this is a new year, and I keep saying we're in May. We still got a lot more of 2019 to go. So say this is my year, and I will live each day recognizing and walking in the knowledge that I'm wonderful, I'm special, I have a purpose. Because we all know it's not the external, it's the internal. So again, thank you for listening to the show today with my guest, Mr. James O'Connor. And James, again, thank you so much for sharing and caring and being on my show today. 
wish you all the best. You're welcome. Thank you, Dr. Barbara Young. Thank you. You are so welcome. And listeners, I'll see you next week with another great show. So stay tuned and be sure to give me your feedback. Info at transformationforsuccess.net. I'll look forward to hearing from you. Bye. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week. 